Hello, welcome to Nerd Canon. I'm Beth. I'm Paul. This is a podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they are good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Um, how's it going, Paul? Happy beginning of holiday season. Beginning? No, beginning of holiday was Halloween. That's the I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rebranding. Oh. Uh, this is co- cozy season, don't you think? Like we yeah, that's good. Spooky season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I'm feeling that. Okay. So, welcome to Cozy Season. Mm-hmm. We, have a, we have a holiday-adjacent film. Paul, do you have a bad synopsis? <laughs> sure. Autistic teenager deals with being sexually assaulted by his middle-aged business partner. Cool. Did that go wow. a little hard? I, I go with it. No, I love it. <laughs> no, 100% all of that. Obviously, from that synopsis, you understand that we're speaking about the 90s classic Edward Scissorhands. Um yep. Yep. Which was released on December 6th, cozy season, uh, December 6th, 1990, <laughs> directed by Tim Burton, written by Carolyn Thompson, starring Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder, Diane Weist, Anthony Michael Hall, and Vincent Price. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is 89% and 91% audience score. All right. All right. Paul, what was your experience as a kid? I remember this vividly. I remember this as a as a cable watch. I'm sure I was visiting family for the holidays and it was there, there was sure. somebody who had cable and uh, very much remember remember vividly the scissor hands stuff and the especially the hedge trimming for some reason i don't know why uh, that, yeah, stuck that sticks out. with you uh and but i i really didn't remember and i i don't think i've seen this since like i saw it like one time when i was a kid i don't think i've watched it since and i i could not have told you the ending or the conflict just guy with scissors for hands that's what kind of like what i remembered so what was your experience fairly certain i saw it in the theater okay again if not the original run then at the cheap show shortly after Yep. but i was all i mean and if you think about the timeline of stuff this is like before nightmare uh before christmas but like i all of all of tim burton speaks to my soul um this is after beetlejuice which i already would have loved and so i definitely saw it in the theater i saw it you know when it came out on video or was on hbo eventually and i feel that i watched it like a handful of times it's not the biggest tim burton rewatcher in my arsenal but yeah and i don't think that i've watched it in like the last 10 years or more um, mm-hmm. I can't tell maybe in high school I watched it again. Like it's been a yeah. long time. So when I pressed play, I both had the sense of I do not remember this very well. And also I really remember this. <laughs> so yeah. there would be oh, Yeah, perfect. That's exactly there what I felt too. Be moments when I'd be like, oh my God, a hundred percent. And then there would be moments where I was like, I forgot about that entirely. Like so mm-hmm. and I think some of that is the visual like scape of it which we can we can get to as we start to do our notes but yeah that's exactly where i was going to but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you and i are going to have similar opinions so <laughs> i mean maybe. that's i don't know maybe. we'll see so okay well i don't know how i feel still <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i have to talk to you about it for an hour before i know how i feel so uh-huh. anyway two trivias and a lie okay let's go Let's go. Burton originally wanted to make Scissor Hands as a musical, feeling it seemed big and operatic, but later dropped the idea. While many of the neighbor women's odd haircuts were wigs, Joyce's, played by Kathy Baker, was real, and the actress wore an asymmetric haircut for years afterward. And then last, it was filmed on location in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to believe the second one. I think she got the best haircut out of all of them. So that makes sense to me that... She was like, oh, you didn't like the box of tissues or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) The random, like, little tiny pigtails hanging off. Yeah. No, uh, I think she she did get the best one. So I could see her being like, yeah, I'll do that for a while. Filmed on location in, did you say Miami? I said Tampa Tampa. Bay. Tampa Bay. Like, filmed on location in Tampa Bay? That doesn't make sense to me. It has to be a set. Why would this not be a set? It's all like, this cannot be a real place. But I was convinced the first one was, what was the first one again? Scissorhands Musical. Oh, yeah, Scissorhands Musical. See, I was leaning towards that one because I felt like you just were like, yeah, everything could be a musical. So that was best. Literally everything could be a musical. (laughs) Me making dinner is a musical, so I. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's hard. (sighs) That's so random. As is Tim Burton, generally. I Okay, I think I have to go with number three being the fiction because it has to be a set. No? Um, I made I made up the one that you were so certain was true. 
The second one? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that shit's made up. I I read literally nothing about any of the haircuts. <laughs> Except the only thing I read about the haircuts was the lady that had the box. Yeah. Toward the end, which I didn't rem- see, but I read it, is toward the end when it's Christmas, you see her and she has it wrapped like a present. Oh, Lord. But I didn't <laughs> see that. No. So definitely it was originally a musical in his head. And then he was like, well, yeah. drop it. But I will make like 17 other musicals. Yeah. And I put I put location on Tampa Bay because I literally, as we were watching it, I had a discussion with Justin about how this had to be a soundstage. Yeah. And how it looked so fake right. um, on purpose. And so when I read that, I was like, what? So he had based it on Burbank, California, where he grew up like in his head. That was the idea. But Burbank had grown and changed and whatever as like he grew up. So they couldn't do it there. So they found this, quote, generic plane wrap suburb. I was going to say nightmare even- hellscape suburb. Yeah, well, they made it even more <laughs> characterless by painting the houses in faded pastels yeah. and reducing the window size of each house. They put like a fake facade and made the windows smaller. And they painted them all like monochrome, like the whole house is the same color, including the doors. So it's all like kind of um, paranoid and like (laughs) whatever. So the key element of unifying the look was the decision to use one of these four colors. So these are the the descriptions of the designer's colors. Seafoam green, dirty flesh, butter, Uh. and dirty blue. (laughs) Wow. Dirty flesh. Uh Uh-huh. So I hate that, but yep. obviously it really makes the impact it makes. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it more, but the visual like landscape that is created is very impactful. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about that more um, as we go, but I do have other fun facts. So both Berman and Elfman consider this to be their most personal and favorite work. The genesis of this film came from a drawing that Tim Burton did when he was a teenager that reflected his feelings of isolation and being unable to communicate with people. Hmm. And it depicted a thin, solemn man with long, sharp blade fingers. Mm -hmm. So, and he had said in his head, it wasn't his drawings and stuff that were that way. Like they weren't dark. They were supposed to be hopeful in his head because they were just trying, he was trying to like process things about himself and like, they were like more hopeful for him, but he recognizes that everybody thinks it's dark. (laughs) Yeah. When you're a creep, you're a creep, you know, uh, sad as a creep. But so, so he, you know, had this idea and he found um, this author who had done some short stories and stuff, Carolyn Thompson, or she had done a novel. I don't know. So she had done something that he liked and she wrote Scissorhands as, quote, a love poem to Burton, calling him the most articulate person I know, but who couldn't put a single sentence together. Oh, well, I've never had go. a conversation with him, but it feels like from interviews <laughs> that that seems right about it. Uh-huh. After Batman, and we talked about this with Beetlejuice a little bit, but I had to tell you, after Batman, he could have done literally whatever, and the studio wanted to fast track Batman Returns, or Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Yeah. <laughs> and he opted to make this instead of Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. So that was probably so that's a good that. decision. I don't disagree. (laughs) (laughs) To create the scissor hands, they hired someone, Stan Winston, and he would later go on to design Penguin's makeup in Batman Returns. So the wardrobe and prosthetic makeup took an hour and 45 minutes every day for Depp to apply. Alan Arkin says, who is Bill, says when he first read the script, he was, quote, a bit baffled. Nothing really made sense to me until I saw the sets. (laughs) Burton's visual imagination is extraordinary. So I included that quote because I figured we'd talk about it. But like when he saw the sets, he went, oh, I get it. Like I think a lot of people didn't get it and then they got it Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in one moment. The topiary are not real. They are welded steel armature wrapped with chicken wire and artificial greens punched in. Some of them that he makes in the movie are still permanently on display at the Tavern on the Green restaurant in New York City, oh, cool. which makes me want to go there. Yeah. I mean, that's not how that's not how they work. Like, that's not how... You can't just... There, it's not green all the way through when you have a shrub like that. Like, right. you can't no, just no, cut no, it no. like that. That's not how that works right. at all. When you have, like, a big tower, you can't just cut it into a dino. Right. Um, <laughs> green. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, you know, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, we didn't know that shit. Right. 
Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder dated throughout the filming of this and became engaged later that year, resulting in the famous Wino Forever tattoo. Do you know that? I don't know this. So they got they were together and her story is, oh, we like made eye contact and it was like well at first sight and I was buying a coke and he was like, It was the most moving moment of my whole life and he was like really <laughs> deep about it. Mm-hmm. And he got a tattoo that said Winona Forever and she was like, Oh, like she she goes i kept thinking he'd wash it off and then it never washed off and and then they broke up and he changed it to why no forever so oh, okay so there's that mm-hmm. um <laughs> we don't so, have to talk about johnny depp what's that we, we don't have to talk about johnny depp you don't have to <laughs> no. i think i think the internet's done it for us honestly yeah, right. <laughs> this is the only film in which both vincent price and his daughter victoria price both appear. She plays the newswoman, um, but they don't have mm-hmm. a scene together. This was Vincent Price's last film, and the last shot that you see of him is the shot where he dies as a character. Yeah, and that's hard and rough. And everybody on set that day was like really like feeling it because he was old, and I guess he like passed out that day. It was like a rough. Mm. He was supposed to be a bigger role in the film, and they had to cut his role down a little bit because he was not. Um, physical and good health at the time. Yeah. Okay, alternate castings. For Edward Scissorhands, we've got Tom Cruise, Jim Carrey, Robert Downey Jr., Gary Oldman, Tom Hanks, and John Cusack. Tom Hanks. The studio, Tom <laughs> Hanks is a complete mindfuck the for me. Um, only one on that list I think could have done it is John Cusack. Correct. John Cusack could have possibly done it. Whole thing's weird. <laughs> the studio wanted Tom Cruise, and Burton was like, guys. And they had a meeting, <laughs> and Tom Cruise, which, P.S., I asked some of these same questions as I was watching it, was like, how does he pee? How did he live all that time without eating? I got to know. Like, how does he do this? How does he do that? I got to know all the – and, like, he wasn't going to be able to do the movie unless he knew the answers to that. And Tim Burton was like, I feel that maybe you're missing the point, Tom Cruise. Yeah. And so could you fucking imagine? What a different vibe. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> – See, what, what really I want to know is if Tom Cruise had done this movie, what does his career look like after that? Does he become oh a weird, quirky really guy? I don't know. Is he Jack Sparrow then? Like, <laughs> yeah, right? I fucking doubt it because I don't think he would have been movie soulmates with Tim Burton the way that Johnny Depp became. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Macaulay Culkin was considered for the role of Kevin Bugs after Tim Burton saw him in Uncle Buck, but he was unavailable as he was doing. Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Jim Corey Feldman wanted to, was co- considered, but was doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. And Will Wheaton was <laughs> considered, but contractually obligated to Star Trek Next Gen. Jim is the is the asshole boyfriend. The boyfriend. Is yeah. Yes. So oh, they really wanted to, to get have a nerd. Anthony Michael Hall as the. Beefy jock I guess they really wanted to get a former nerd actor to play a jock. I don't know. They've really nailed it (laughs) there. That's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Hmm. Looking back, I was surprised how well he... I mean, I guess that's what actors do. But, like, he really did it. Yeah. Okay, so how'd your rewatch go? It's snowing in the logo. The opening credits are so long and nothing happens, Beth. Weird flying names at weird angles. That's what I wrote. (laughs) But I love the music. Yeah. So you know how I have said that I, like, listen to the music while I do the notes? Um, This was a great soundtrack. And I will be adding some of these music some of these songs to my like random like holiday cozy season playlists if you will oh, yeah that's good really good they have that little like chorus of ethereal women just kind of throughout the whole soundtrack hmm. at the minute i heard it i immediately remembered all of the soundtrack and this immediately like the scene of her dance like in the music like i definitely the second i heard the first note i was like oh right <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and listen i didn't it didn't hit me like some of the ones we've done have hit me I don't know. Well, there's a lot to look at, so it's <laughs> forgivable. Um, but then the credits were like over, and then they weren't actually over. They just kept going. Oh, right, because then there's like a whole like <laughs> coming up on, and we yeah. get the <laughs> yeah, we get the we get robot close-ups. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: this all looks like Nightmare Before Christmas. This all looks like the lab. Yep. Um, Finkelstein's lab, which is fine. Yep. I loved that. I'm happy to see it in other places. I'm great with it. <laughs> The whimsical robot cookie maker. Fine. Yep. Yep. That is not 
the thing that has bothered me since I was 13 or whatever the fuck. Well, it's not how cookie cutters work. <laughs> you can't just <laughs> half-ass all crooked no, and shit. We, that comes no, later I in just, the movie. I gotta I say it. I'll say it again. The cookie process. The cookie yeah. process makes no sense at all. You're right. You're right. The it's, cookies just flow at this part. But I did. Yeah. I wrote about the cookies. <laughs> So then we get we get robot close ups. We get the house in the hell, and then mm-hmm. we get the old lady. Okay, who's if the mis- you would have told who's the mystery me that, old lady, if if you'd have told me that this movie started was framed with this device of this is all a flashback, the I would have not believed you. I did not remember one bit of the second I saw her, I remembered. No. I was like, what? What movie am I watching right now? I had it's no recollection of this at all. up Winona Ryder with Cindy yes. Lou Who, and she's really laying <laughs> oh, on Cindy Lou Who. Okay, wait. No. Because <laughs> I, th- I had the same thought. This is like, th- this, this, there's very much Grinch-esque stuff happening in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the weird Ooh. twisted Who's. I, it. It is very much, I had the same yeah. exact thing happen in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, all of it. Cindy Lou Who. All of it. So Cindy Lou Who, <laughs> obviously aged up Winona Ryder, and her old voice is just extra Winona Ryder-y. <laughs> right? Yeah. She has, I have no idea how to even describe it, but I feel that I could pick her voice out of anything. <laughs> Well, can you very do her voice? Specific. You're good at voices. Can you do her I, voice? Well, that's generous of you to say. She really has like something in the consonants that she does extra hard as she's being the old lady. The only time it ever snowed. It's like a <laughs> there's like an extra S business there. Her old lady voice was was a lot. She was working hard that's for good. it. That was still good. Yeah. I wanted him to remember me the way I was. Like, there's an extra, like, yeah. there's an extra essay type of thing. Anyway, the old haunted mansion says the little girl with one line. <laughs> like, and then we get a little crane shot over the miniatures, which mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. We've done that before. We've just been a there. Few times. We were just, yeah. we were just there. Yep. Uh, he made a man, and it was incomplete. And did he have a name? Of course, he had a name. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, his name was Edward, and then we go. To the candy colored houses. <laughs> yep. Can I can I ask Which a question? Also, that might be a dumb question though. Please do. This is this is one of my sticking points with this movie. Okay, I get now I understand. Okay, this is based on some random teenage drawing of Tim Dur- Tim Durton. Tim Tim Durton. Tim Durton. Tim Durton. And cool. You want to make a movie about it? That's great. You wanted to really do your therapy on the film screen for everyone to Let's see. Let's all that's watch fine. it. Fine. Let's all watch it. I mean, that's happened by that's most <laughs> that, movies, honestly. That's most movies. But <laughs> listen, this genius inventor who created life from nothing. Very. This, we've got like Grinch plus Frankenstein happening. Sure. Genius inventors like. Well, I don't have hands yet for this guy. Placeholder. Murder knives. But the best placeholder I can think of is a bunch of scissors. That's that's where we're going for. I like a man needs even to cut just Paul. a stump. I don't like. He had hands yeah, for him a stump eventually. Like absolutely would have been preferable because he would have learned to do. People learn how to do things exactly. with amputated hands every fucking day. Yes. I, no. Correct. Let's put these like eighteen-inch scissor blades. That's a good like place. One holder. garden shear. <laughs> right. One pair of sewing scissors. Yes. Yes. One one pair is a safety pair. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out this whole movie. I was trying to look at his hands really closely, trying to figure out what his thumbs were, because the rest of them are like scissory. Like he's got like you know a couple pairs of scissors. It's but true. Then I was trying to figure out what his thumbs were. They just like like weird little blades. I don't know. Yeah, whole I couldn't, things. I couldn't figure it out. Whole well, thing's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, and if we're gonna go, no, if we're gonna do this, let's do this. <laughs> okay, is he a person? Uh, is he a uh, creation? Is he an android? What the, is he under there? Well, there's so there's a brief shot where it's panning across the lab. We get this later in the movie, and Vincent Price is there, and Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands, is like in pieces on the desk, and he's reading sure, to okay. him. Yeah. And as we pan, there's a book. It's like the plan of Edward Scissorhands. Yes. Like we get stages, one right? Screenshot. Yeah. And the last, picture. and it does have like cutaways, like showing his insides, and there's like gears and stuff in there. Gears so, and heart. Right. So he's clearly not like totally he's a not person. not people, but he bleeds. That's true. I Is don't know. he a cyborg? Like, I don't. Sure. <laughs> living flesh over cybernetic well, no, they, the they show the hands, and the hands are just like people hands, right? But With... they're like made out of like wax or whatever the fuck. Yeah, so I don't yeah, understand yeah, yeah. that. Somewhere, because I 
was again me and Tom Cruise. Yeah, we're like, how does he pee? <laughs> how does he get that outfit on and off every day? He doesn't. So then the internet was like, it's heavily implied that that's part of him, and I was like, is it heavily implied, <laughs> or is he just look like Robert Smith from The Cure? <laughs> But the last shot of his little people person flipbook, scrapbook thing shows him in a normal outfit. It shows Johnny Depp as like a normal person. Correct. Yeah. So maybe someday we were thinking we would cover the leather strappy bondage gear with skin <laughs> yeah. or don't get me wrong. Pinocchio I'm into thing it. Happening. I'm not saying I'm mad about the strappy <laughs> buckles. I'm just saying, like, I don't know why we're Robert Smith from The Cure. <laughs> like when we could be don't you think Robert? He's he's actually Edward Scissorhands, right? Which way around I, does it go? May or may not be. I mean, it's also exactly how Tim Burton looked for a decade. Yeah, that okay. weird bush of hair, like that's also accurate. So I don't. Are they all the same? Have we ever seen them in the same room? I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, do you think when he was in costume, as you know, he gets he gets the pants and the shirt and the uh, suspenders. It's, do you think oh, they right. made on top of all of that? Do you think they made Johnny Depp wear all that bondage gear underneath it every time? I feel or? like he is because a lot of times you can sort of you see, can it. see it. Yeah. And it like I read somewhere that he wouldn't let them like cool him off. Like he was really trying to like stay in character. I don't know why being hot would be in character, but like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We have gone off the we, rails. We're off the rails. Yeah, we, we didn't even make it through. <laughs> The yeah, uh, we Lou. are just oh. starting the film at the candy colored yeah. houses. Uh, little Calling. boxes on the hilltop, little yeah. boxes that every time I think of that, Diane Weist, Weist, Weist. So you we were just not watched here, her too. We, we did just watch her, and you were I not here. Her. To, I didn't, yeah, again, yeah, to discuss how if you listened to my sister and I endlessly talk about how she is an absolute sweetie pants darling face in yeah. The Lost Boys, I forgot it was her until the first shot of her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just doing Avon calling. She is a precious angel. I love, I love yeah. her. In my head, she must be this perfect in real life. Like I just, like <laughs> not to take away from her acting abilities, but I feel like I want her to be this perfect in real life. So yeah, my favorite is her little Avon spiel mm-hmm. and how she. <laughs> To really highlight your changing look. And she does like the hand and uh-huh. the little thing. And then you could see like her little teeth go bing. Like she had like a tooth sparkle. Like <laughs> that purple suit and pillbox hat. Like she's just so cute. My favorite thing is the one neighbor. Come on, Peg. I ever buy anything. She goes, I know. <laughs> it just slams the door in her face. <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yep. And then, so I just like, I love the way she's doing this. And then she goes to Joyce, who is super rapey with the fucking... Mm-hmm. Plumber too. She's just a creep through and through. And then later, you do realize that she is married. She's just a creep, right? Right. Which I hate. Her nails, her hair, her oh, outfit. Oh, her nails bother me a lot. I oh, her why. nails bother me too. That whole yeah. thing's a no for me. And she's a creep from the very beginning. I do have to say though. So if Peg gets desperate in her Avon, she's like trying to sell to the teenager. Whoever that the girl is, like, like, you don't, you don't actually think I have money. any money, do you? <laughs> So she's getting desperate. Like she drives over the gate to this mansion she on the sure hill. Does. She's like, you know what I'm going to do she's today? She's determined. I'm going to sell haunted some, mansion. I'm going to sell one thing. They to need some Avon today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, what's the idea that? I mean, she's just going to go in that house. She's going to go open the door. Here's what climb I upstairs. There like, are so many <laughs> movies in which our hero is walking into a house they have no fucking business walking into. <laughs> knock, knock. And then the door swings open. And then they're just like, obviously, I am invited in this fucking abandoned house. I saw someone upstairs. Clearly, mm-hmm. they need me to come find them. Uh-huh. That would never be okay in the real world, but it happens in movies all the time for plot reasons. Like, and it is always played off as a perfectly reasonable. I was just trying to go for me, but in the third floor. Yeah. Like, how many times (laughs) have someone come and rang your doorbell and you hid in the house and pretended you weren't there? Because it happens to me if you fucking knock on the door and then just invite yourself in, we can have a fight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But she's also, I mean, she has some courage. She goes up these stairs. She finds Edward Scissorhands crouching in the dark. Yep. It's this creepy dude with scissors for hands in black leather or pleather, whatever he's got on. And she's like, oh, you poor dear. Let me take you home. Like, yeah. what? 
<laughs> so I read that that was based on the author's mom, somebody's mom, who actually did bring home people all the time, like wayward lamb type of people okay. all the time to take care of. Um, we didn't talk about it, but as she's driving down the street to go there, the juxtaposition of the candy color ranch houses and their perfect manicured lawns and then that fucking absurd transylvania castle on top of the hill at the end of the street <laughs> as though these fucking middle class mediocre white people wouldn't have gone to the town board and been like y'all need to get rid of that like there's yeah. no way yeah, yeah. the homeowners association <laughs> it literally like there's a house and a yard and then two feet away there's murder hill. yeah <laughs> there's no way yeah i would much rather live on murder hill I do like all the, there's a screaming alligator statue that's like standing up. And there's really cool topiary stuff in Garden. And did you, yeah. I'm sure you noticed there's a big hand because yep. you oh, all yeah. like to have a hand. Yeah. I like the sea serpent one the best, I think. Yes, I do too. Um, And there's flat, like, and here's the thing. Bro is not tending those plants. Like he can't have been alone that long. <laughs> Well, where's he getting the magazines? He's got like a whole creepy collage. Okay, that's the other thing. I'm not okay with the fucking nightmare straw palette and weird wall collage. <laughs> it's not okay for me. I feel as though if Vincent Price was making a person, mm-hmm. he would have given that person a bed. Don't you think so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why There's would like he be no sleeping in no furniture in that whole house except for the robot cookie maker. He had to have a bedroom and like a closet and some clothes and shit yeah. like as a person. So you're going to make this person and you've like breathed life into them and like are teaching them etiquette. You're going to give them a bed. Yeah. So I don't know why he doesn't have a bed. Well, where's Vincent Price's bed? Exactly. Well, he's not going to go sleep in that because okay. presumably... There's a corpse somewhere There's in the a house. Corpse in the bed. Yeah. Ew. Uh, he didn't wake up. Ew. Oh. Everything in that uh, mansion manages to look black and white, and then her purple against it is really a cool effect. Yeah. And yeah, she's real freaked out. But then she brings him home. We just need a good astringent, and this will prevent infection. And she. Does- <laughs> <laughs> so she takes him. She takes them home as though that, that's normal. This is one of my, I have to say, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie because as she's bringing him home, the gossip train is chugging on down the tracks and they're all yeah. calling each other. And it's, we get to yeah. see all the different house decors that the, all the yeah. dress, dressed yep. like. And oh my gosh, they're perfect. They're, they're absolutely perfect. perfect. Um, there's one that has this like sunburst wooden clock yeah. thing i'm pretty yep, sure yep, my yep. grandparents had the same exact clock on their wall i for have a years summer's clock years. i got from a yard sale really <laughs> super cool oh yeah. my gosh they're perfect they're just i like how he gestures and it scares her and she goes oh and then she's like but you go ahead and look you have every right to be excited <laughs> she is so pure and sweet i don't think any other actress could have pulled this off right yeah like she is so sweet and she absolutely knows what she's doing <laughs> So the interior phone okay, call gossip. Okay, but she puts is- him on a waterbed. What you're gonna put the guy with scissor for hands on a waterbed? <laughs> I also need to tell you that one of the neighborhood ladies was on an episode of X Files and she turned into a snake. That's all. Okay, cool. It's important. <laughs> she puts it. Here's the continuity thing, though. She puts him on that waterbed. He pokes it. It squirts him in the face. It's he fine. panics. He, he puts, puts a sweet toy bear. on it, and it's fine. It's fine. And then later, he punctures the shit out of it, and they have to fix it. But they never talk about it. That one puncture would have flooded the entire fucking room. If you ever had a waterbed, and my mother had a waterbed. Why, Beth? Why would you have a waterbed? My mother. Yeah. Why would you? What's the? What was the? Why would you get a waterbed? Why would you get a waterbed, Paul Tholomew? Do tell. Oh, I I mean, I guess... (laughs) Do you not know why people got waterbeds, Beth? I know why people got waterbeds. I don't want to talk about my mother. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyway, if you poked one of the hole like that, it would be fucking empty and flooded within 20 minutes. Yes, 100%. So there's that. I feel like people don't get waterbeds anymore. That's not really a thing, is it? No. It's not no. a good idea. Well, it's a terrible idea, but I mean, I remember people who had them and they were fun. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, he's all tangled in the shirt. He's all like, uh-huh. <laughs> he makes the weirdest faces and movements. They're so bizarre. Again, yes. I'm having a hard time picturing anybody else. Maybe Crispin <laughs> Glover. Okay, yeah, that's pr- that's pretty good. 
Alternate right? casting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the neighbor ladies converge. <laughs> and they're just standing in the middle of the street. Standing and outside she, their house. I can feel it. I can feel it, and it's not even <laughs> happening to me, and it's not even real. If that shit was happening out front of my house, I would not be able to contain myself. But they all dissipate the minute all the men come home. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. So they just dissipate because they got to go home and make dinner. Uh-huh. Bill insists on calling him Ed. <laughs> and Kevin, the brother, is just ridiculous. And then he gets that one solitary pee. The pee a couple times, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Okay. He's never eaten before because he's like half Is that robot, true? Right? Because he's never eaten before. He always just found stuff he could stab. Or... <laughs> He's now like that he's putting kill? What? <laughs> no, I meant like just like he like finally stabs the potato and just oh, like, I thought you meant like little animals he's hunting in the topiary. No, that's <laughs> not what I meant. I oh, meant okay. like because he was worried about trying to use like the silverware, but he couldn't pick it up. Right. What happens to it once it's in his body? Oh, who knows? I need to know. I don't actually. It's <laughs> you probably better if I don't. <laughs> Me and Tom Cruise. Like this is the thing. Am I a douche for wondering these questions? Because I'm wondering them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm especially wondering them because I'm taking notes for a podcast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Can I bring him for show and tell? This is the kid from <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Is it really? Oh, I don't know. Wow. Justin said so, and I think he's right. Okay. We'll believe Justin, I guess, this time. Synchronized cars leaving the next morning. They all mm-hmm. came home at the same time. They all leave at the they same time. They all leave time. at the same time. Peg tries to do his makeup, and she can't make it happen. First, he's purple, mm-hmm. then he's covered in schmutz, and she mm. goes, darn this stuff. She's so mad. <laughs> So yeah. Bill is ignoring his children, and the children are somehow staring at a radio playing a baseball game in a treehouse on a dead tree. So yeah, that's, that's, what, that's exactly what I did as a kid. Put the put the radio in the treehouse and just stare and at the radio. Stare at it. Yeah. I mean, listen, Bill, I think, is oblivious for this entire – like, I think his defining character trait is obliviousness. So that's okay with me. But, but you're right. I'm think- fine with it, too. It's very on brand. Yeah. But then he, this is where we do the, the first topiary for the hood. T-Rex. And then he does the whole family. He did us. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, at this point I wrote 30 minutes in and I didn't remember this movie being this slow. We get the religious lady yeah. here too. Oh, the this power of This is the Satan. first time. Yep. Yeah. The, her name is Esmeralda. Okay. Which is a weird vibe. Also, they're watching TV in the yard. They pulled that whole ass TV outside, which is a vibe. <laughs> Also, They've got sick of the radio. He's got a TV on the ground and they have a radio up in the... Right. Up in the back. <laughs> so then the neighbors, all the ladies show See, up and bombard them and end up throwing a barbecue. Okay. First of all, part of this was made me think this was a set was because it feels like this grass is just AstroTurf. Like it, it does The feel whole that thing way. feels set, fake, whatever. But the absolute just flat out balls of walking up to your neighbor's house, opening the door and being like, hey... I'm just going to manifest you hosting a barbecue. They do it masterfully. That's insane. They're just like, you're having a barbecue, right? Well, here's what we're bringing. This is when you're having it. And then that happens. I feel like movies have led me to believe that in the 50s and 60s and whatever the balls time period this is supposed to be, (laughs) that that neighborhoods were more interconnected like that and yeah. that you could pressure peer pressure somebody into <laughs> like you're doing that and i'm gonna tell you i feel like my sister's neighborhood could be that way like their oh, buddies yeah. they hang out like my book club that i belong to in the neighborhood like i feel like if those bitches all show up with wine all of a sudden you're having a party now <laughs> so I feel like I could see how it's possible. It is not my life in this house, but I can right. see how it's possible. No, yeah, no, it's easy. Esmeralda you calls him a perversion of nature. <laughs> and, the, and Joyce goes, isn't that exciting? <laughs> see, I knew you were going to be able to do Joyce's voice well. I just knew you had that one done. Uh, I have to say, Nerd Cannon PSA, I 100% agree with the line in this movie. You cannot have a picnic or a barbecue. Without deviled eggs, it's okay. not possible. You, okay. you just, it's not. It's not the same. You must have those. Sorry, it's a rule. All right. Well, then I guess you're bringing them to the next barbecue. <laughs> sure. Okay. I I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> what? The can opener brings on a flashback. This is where we see the cookie cutter feet and the robots. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the here's nonsensical. What I, here's this, what like, I need. Breaks to an say. egg into this little thing. That's Two whisks cute. come down That's and do appealing. nothing, mm-hmm. and then a. Entire ass cookie dough comes out when the bowl flips over. That's how cookies work. That's how cookies are And made. that's how cookie dough works with cookie cutters. <laughs> uh-huh. Barely whisper on by. Uh-huh. 
It's feet stamping. The they just stamp over each other. Where does the rest this, of the dough go? Yeah. It goes into the oven go and the... Uh, the whole thing's exhausting. That's not yeah. how that works. It's very cute. <laughs> Tim Burton's never made a cookie in his life. Here's what I need to ask you. Okay. This flashback is triggered presumably as a memory of Johnny Depp, where he sees the can opener and it makes him think of this he going exist. on. No, I he doesn't exist. I, I know where you're going. Yes, I know. He's I'm not actually so in perplexed. the flashback. <laughs> so the flashback appears to be Vincent Price yeah, exactly. becoming inspired to create Edward Scissorhands. So yep. he has robot <laughs> friends. Listen, and then I'm, sees I'm heart. With, I'm with holds you this whole way. And he goes, <laughs> I put a heart in robot friend. I have made man. Uh huh. He's not exist yet. How does he know that? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. Okay. okay. I'm just, I'm and right I need there you with to know. You. Yes. <laughs> I've seen this like multiple times. And every other time I was like, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm, tracks. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Nobody was like, we right. have a question. Like, there was editors presume. Okay, it's fine. I mean, I'm not More even that mad at it, but it is absurd. Ambrosia salad is gross. Oh, fuck right off, Joyce. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yep. The amount of times everybody says to him, I have this doctor friend. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I have heard that in my notes. Like, why do all these people know doctors that can fix his hands? They don't what? really. I, I think that. That's just a thing people say to sound I good? Think- yeah. Oh, They're okay. like, you know, because, and I feel like people do this. Well, so it's been argued that, like, this could be a representation of some kind of, like, autism spectrum type of scenario yeah. or feeling othered or feeling outside. And I do, this is me reaching a little bit now. I mean, and, and Tim Burton has said he probably feels like he's autistic and that's whatever. Um, He hasn't come out right and said that that was, that's what this is supposed to portray. But people do think, I think, about, like, mental health struggles or certain struggles or, like, can I just go to the doctor? Can you just fix it? We'll just fix yeah, you. Like, there has true. to be some fix yeah. for that. So, Or even just... Straight up, any disability, people are like, how can we fix that? Because I'm uncomfortable with you. How can we fix you and make you normal? Right. Like, I know a good doctor. I mean, and that's in other stuff, too. People with scars or people with whatever. Like, we, like, oh, we got to fix that scar. Well, I'm fine with my scar. I'm fine with my birthmark. Or I was born with one without a hand and I'm fine. Like, you know, people, usually the person with the issue is not the person that's uncomfortable. It's, you're right, other people's reaction. And so then they're like, we got to fix this. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it that, comes from that. That's, that that can make sense. And there's the guy that tells him, don't ever let anybody tell you you're, you know, disabled. You're just fine. And that's really nice. But then later he calls later, him a cripple, which is not does. cute. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that at all. Um, but I do like that he has the kebabs. <laughs> And then they start filling his mouth up, which is gross. And they all, but look at that food though. There's like yeah. a nightmare pineapple. There's like umbrellas yep. on stuff. Like yep. that is to me like everything that 50s movies told me picnics and food <laughs> were. Something in there has a pimento in it. There's an olive oil. Like there has to be. Yeah. But then I, re- and for some reason, I really remember, I thought this was just kebab. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me so much, but it did. Yep. And then they're just like, okay, go to bed on the water bed. Good night. Good night. Do you think he just lays late. there awake all night? Ew, does he sleep? Oh, does he God. sleep? Because he's just laying there with like Ew. cat paws or something, like dog paws, like he's on his back with his hands in the air. Oh, he's that makes me feel so tired. Does he just not Ew. sleep? Uh. I hate that. So then we get another flashback of him trying to teach him manners out of book. Right. And he right. talks in baby voice, the humiliation and discomfort. <laughs> it's the whole thing. And then he gives the creep world's creepiest smile, mm-hmm. which you don't feel like the smile he gives when he says, go ahead, smile. It's funny. And he gives the world's creepiest smile, which he then proceeds to wear the entire time that he plays Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> True. But the, I don't know. If, I don't know if Johnny Depp's creepy smile is as creepy as what's his face in Donnie Darko. Oh, I knew you were going to say yeah. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's Jake creepy Gyllenhaal, smile in yes. death. It was fun. Yeah. Um, none of that's good. <laughs> so then Kim comes home from camping in a douche van. In a douche so van. We Listen. should already know that they all suck. <laughs> I do sometimes fantasize about having like a van with a unicorn on the side. That I don't know. I would go in that van. This is a van with flames. It, it is, is a flames different. van. It's not a unicorn van. Not or a, a Pegasus van or something. Yeah. Correct. I would go in that van. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. She comes in and she like takes her. She's just wearing her like under and then he pops the shit out of that bed finally. So then uh-huh. that bed's done. Yep. And she 
<laughs> freaking out. He's still yeah. shaking, and then the father gets him drunk, so that's cool. That's he can't cool. drink it, and he's dicking with it for like 10 minutes, and wordlessly, the father just finally gives him a straw. <laughs> yeah. He makes he chugs it down, and he makes a terrible noise. He does make a terrible I noise. I hate that, and I remember Because he's a robot, and alcohol is breaking a system or something, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, he tells him it's lemonade. And then the next day, he is making good. swans for Joyce. Her dog's yeah. name is Kisses. Oh, okay. And she fucking boots it. <laughs> Yeah, she does. <laughs> Off screen. Off screen, she boots it. Off screen. Um, and then she tells him it's lemonade and he barfs, so that's yep. cute. And she still thinks, I should probably do the sex with this man, who's uh-huh. not a real man. Listen, does sex with, like, a dude with scissors for hands? How is this appealing Listen, to anybody? There's a lot of stuff I you can... gotta do with your hands, though. Okay, it's <laughs> danger. Okay. Listen, she was trying- do things with the fucking plumber, so I don't feel like she's, Joyce's standards she's about are super getting high. there just from the haircut. So, oh yeah, no, I she full on <laughs> she did get there. That is sexier than that's I'm that yes please. Anyway, yeah, okay. <laughs> but then, oh, so then we go to dinner and the mean teenagers occur. Mean teenagers occur in the street, and then mean teenagers occur at dinner. And mm-hmm. that friend is like, I can't eat that. He touched it with his hands. That doesn't seem sanitary. What a little bitch. If I was those parents, I'd be like, fuck off, Janet. Get out of here. Yep. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> you can't buy the necessities of life with cookies. Right. Well, this is okay. dad's big speech, right, Jim? Yeah. You're right? Because you got to buy yeah. your own van or what the hell. And he's like, no, that's right, sir. You sure can't. <laughs> Jim. Fucking Jim. Um, he really does do a good job of being a dick. I could, I didn't for most of this movie I was like did not realize that this was even Anthony Michael Hall and oh, then it okay. just clicked at one point and I was like what the hell he's totally I mean different. you remember what a twerp he was in Sixteen Candles yes yes he's totally different he reminds me in this movie of the person I kept being like he's kind of like a young version of Christopher McDonald who's the villain in like Happy Gilmore oh yeah yeah. Oh, man, but just like what? It didn't make sense to me. He calls a little brother yeah. a bubble butt. He does, is an which is not the thing you say. Which is not to and not like a <laughs> no teen not. boy. It's a weird vibe. So then we get to a line of dogs getting haircuts, and then she's like, "What you cut, man?" Mm-hmm. And she fucking cuts all those bitches and gets in line, and she does it, and she's absolutely it's orgasmic. And the, but her haircut does look super cool. She yeah, for sure gets the best one. She gets the best one for sure. So Except for maybe you, the first couple versions of pegs, they're okay too. Yes. The first version of pegs is fine. It gets real choppy after that. Yeah. These cuts are absolutely wild. And Peg is the last one and she's so sweet. She's waiting so patiently. And mm-hmm. then he like brushes off the thing and it's all real cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's on the phone with the big Avon boss. <laughs> right. She got to talk to her. She never had a reason before. And now she yep. can talk to the big Avon boss. So then we go to like the little like outdoor plaza mall and the neighbor's taking him to get sharpened. And here's what I thought was precious and then turns dark is all these neighbors really do embrace him in their own weird way at first. Mm-hmm. Like that mean, that neighbor's kind of mean, but she's like taking him to go get his night. Come on, Eddie, let's go get your night. And she would like probably tell anybody who tried to bug him to fuck off. Like, right. Like they're very accepting and sweet all throughout all of this. He's so like nervous and then he goes on tv and it's just well what but if you got your hands fixed you wouldn't be special well we'll always think he's special like that's all super nice <laughs> yeah yeah but then yeah he gets all upset and they're kim and them are watching at home and this is where kim is starting to feel bad and feel for him even though she was a bitch before when he's on tv so i read about winona Ryder in this role that she really struggled with how she like looked in costume because she was pretty bullied in school and she was dressed up like the girls who would have bullied her. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and she wanted, she was like had a crew cut and wore really grungy clothes at the time and dressed a little more like gender neutral and dressing up like this was like weird for her and challenging for her. So it was interesting for her to kind of get in the character. And she is, she's a bitch at first. Like she, mm-hmm to him so you can see why she's put up with this guy for a while because she definitely like is a follower until she starts to he starts to like grow on him so why is joyce in charge of getting him a place though the only thing i can think of is that she also has some kind of cosmetic background or something like that that yeah who knows I, i don't know but she takes him and then it gets real rapey real quick 
Yeah, it does. She's gonna she's gonna put on a smock, um, and she wants him to rip those clothes open so bad, and he's <laughs> like, "Oh, I hate it!" <laughs> and she knocks them down. She could have fucking died. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah, yeah. He has no idea what's happening, and he is horrified. That's what I'm thinking through this whole movie. Beth is like, "Oh my god, someone's gonna accidentally get stabbed in about three minutes." Every three minutes. I mean, and then it happens. But well, yeah. So like, she fucking is wearing like a. Fucking dominatrix outfit under there, so that's cool. Yeah. She's trying to and match. then well, right. And then yeah. my favorite is his escape fast walk. Because yeah. he never really runs. <laughs> no, he, he just doesn't. does this like sort of robot tight, like butt squeeze together, like fast yeah. walk of yeah. of nervousness. And so let's talk about his physicality for a second. Like he really does play this. Like, I absolutely believe he's not 100% human. Like, I don't (laughs) question it for a second. Yeah. And, you know, he's still pretty new to acting at this point in his career. And, like, I just, I don't know. I found that really interesting. So we talked about, wasn't it um, Nightmare on Elm Street or something that he was just randomly pulled in? Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street was his came with a friend or something, and they were like, Mm -hmm. you should be in this movie, too. Freddy Krueger has knives for hands. We, so yeah, no, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah, so, I definitely thought about that too. Yeah. So that happens. Um, but so and then they go to lunch or dinner or whatever, and he's like, Did she show you the room? Yes, and then she showed me the back room where she took off all her clothes, and everybody yeah. hears except for Oblivious. Except dad, for Oblivious still, Dad, yeah. And he's like, So that's great. So then Jim and Kim like he wants to break into his own house because his dad sucks or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that was all weird. Who are his parents? Like we see so many adults show his and parents, we never know who his parents are. Yeah. So he breaks into his own house and he gets locked in and this fucking sucks. He is innocent and sweet and dumb and they absolutely take advantage of him and it fucking blows and she's so <laughs> upset. I'm so annoyed at her in this moment. Yeah. she. It takes her forever to finally stand up to everybody and it's exhausting. At any point, even the next day when she like apologizes or whatever, she could absolutely go and tell the truth right. and she yeah. never does. She never does. Even if she just told her mother. Right. You know? Peg and Bill, everybody sees him getting... I, I, was, I was so so afraid he was going to get shot. Like, oh my god, when they arrest him? And they're like, mm-hmm. put down your hands, put down the weapons. Because you like, know, as soon as it happens, you're like, they're going to tell him to put his, wep- his weapon yeah, down and yep, he can't. Yep. They all seem pretty chill with the fact that he was almost killed by the cops. I don't know. They're like, oh, my God. Well, they he's, him, let's just so they're like, it's it. fine. It's fine. I don't know. We saved him with the power of middle class white people. <laughs> I do like the doctor at some point in here. There's the doctor. He's like in court or whatever. Yeah. And they show the doctor and there's like, oh, he has all these issues. And then he's like, well, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> just like, <laughs> It's fine. And it's he's fine. like, I'm going to lose a lot of sleep about him. And I'm like, in what way, yeah, though? Yeah, yeah. We have to talk about the police in this because there's one, the one main cop. Well, just remind me to come back and ask you about the police in this movie because I don't get it. I need to say that when Peg and Bill come, she says, damn, those TV programs. And he says, damn, them all to hell. So everybody's turning on him. He doesn't, Yeah, he practically you know, raped him. Joyce. Right, That's the TV cameras and all of it. Like, she fucking blows. Yeah. Fuck you, Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. How many men has she forced herself on to who didn't feel like they could say no? And then she's going to say this about unacceptable. What a twat. Mm. Kim just comes in and is like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Is it cool? <laughs> it's cool, right? And then we get an R word, which I hate. And we do. I missed it. Jim. Oh, I mean, okay. not that, surprisingly. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. He's mad and he uh-huh. starts flashing stuff. And then he's trying to get an ethics lesson. Here's the thing Bill and Peg both are really so sweet and kind, and they're trying so hard to like teach him with very little background and the ability to do so, but really like well meaning, right? Like really sweet. Um, he's got this whole lesson he's trying to make about buying gifts and it just the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then we get back to the phone tree of gossip again. And now we're at the Christmas party. I love the white tree. Enjoy it in, oh, yeah. in their house. I love it. I have a pink tree. Oh, yeah? I have a regular tree that's like the full size. And then I've always wanted a pink tree. So last year I bought like a little mini one and all my crystal ornaments are on it. And it's fucking cute. <laughs> I like the I like the white tree. The de- <laughs> As with many 
dudes who are not good at helping their wives get ready for a party. He's on the roof. He's on the roof. Stapling fake snow. Stapling five fake minutes snow. before people are supposed <laughs> to be arriving, and she's downstairs having cooked twenty-seven dishes, <laughs> so, decorated the entire house, and nobody house, comes. And nobody and comes. Nobody comes. My, that's why. It, is this a real thing? So now I'm questioning everything about this because you told me this is a real place and not a set somewhere uh-huh. or a soundstage or whatever. In place, I've never lived anywhere where people don't get snow. In. Right. Do people really put just like drape a huge ass thing of fake snow on their roof? I so I, well, I will tell you because I'm about to go to Florida in December. Okay. So, okay. and I went to Florida in December one other time. Half my family lives in Florida. Everybody decorates for Christmas, you know, it for sure. So there's, weird. there's the, it's super weird. And my, like, you know, I grew up in Buffalo. It is snowy and cold and shitty. We're about to have a fucking blizzard, I think, in the next few days. Like, it uh-huh. is snowy. And I remember this was 10 years ago um, when I went in December and I couldn't recon- reconcile. Like, I knew. I looked at the forecast. I knew it was going to be 80. And packing my bag, I couldn't. <laughs> I need mittens. And I couldn't do it. I still brought like jeans and sweaters. And then I remember getting there and walking out of the restaurant that night. And I braced for the cold. And then I went, oh, no, it's actually really hot out here. And I hate it. Florida, no thank you. Yeah. Okay. Just no thank you. That's mm-hmm. a nerd canopy PSA for me. <laughs> Good, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, that. Absolutely not bad dog. And so <laughs> I don't know if people do fake snow, but I know that they like, they do like the big fucking blow up Santa and they mm-hmm. like decorate their palm trees and it's weird. <laughs> but obviously a lot of the world doesn't have snow on Christmas. Right. I just always have. <laughs> right. Yeah. I cannot imagine living somewhere where I didn't have seasons. <laughs> Speaking of snow, he makes a whole ass lot of snow from this ice sculpture. He's got an ice sculpture and it's hard. Where it's so did pretty. he get this giant block of ice? Ooh, the music's so pretty. Oh, I love it so much. And she dances and she's so magical. <sighs> she is stunning in that white dress. Mm-hmm. Like, that wig is a choice. It's whatever. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. I, she, I, she is much better as a brunette in my head. She is. As, oh my gosh, yes. Like a hundred percent better. Yep. And you and I both prefer brunettes as mm-hmm. discussed. Yes. But she in that pretty dress, and she's just so beautiful, and like it's really lovely. <laughs> that moment really, really like stood out in my memory. And. Jim shows up like a dick and has to ruin it with his big yep. stupid face. And yep. her breakup line is, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> Ouch. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, he fucking sucks. He deserves he it. Suck. But he's even a human. <laughs> I just, like, what, I don't know. We all just agree and nobody talks about it? Uh-huh. Or was there like a PowerPoint that we missed? Like, right. I'm just wondering. And then he's on the warpath and he's doing that fast walk again. Cutting off his fucking Cutting, fuck, yep, fuck you suspenders. Yep. He's pissed off and he cuts the topiary, fucking stabs somebody's tires. Wow. Yeah. He fucking scares the shit out of that religious lady. <laughs> he carves he, he or what do you what do you call it? When you, you craft? What does he do? He sculpts Trims? topiary? Trims? Oh, let's say sculpt. Let's go with that. He sculpts a devil into her with the lights like in the mouth and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the most ineffective cop on earth. He's like, okay, go home. What is the what is going through his head at this moment? They they've oh, chased Edward Scissorhands to the mansion. Mm-mm. This is even before that. He's driving through the neighborhood, and they know that he's. She called the cops because of the scary window. That yeah. he's running on the thing. He does it. To, I'm calling the cops because he cut yeah. the topiary. He's driving through the neighborhood at this point. This is before the car accident. He tells them to go oh, home. Oh, okay. They okay. absolutely do not. He should know his suggestion of telling them to go home and not cause trouble is not going to work. We will this get is, back yeah, to it. No, he gets this worse though. The cop gets worse. Hundred percent. But then we get the dude. I like there's the there's Jim and his friends sitting in the back of the van drinking, and they're both clearly drunk. Yes. And Jim's like, I want to go fight the, the guy. You want to go fight Edward or whatever? Because yeah. that's smart. Let's pick a fight with a dude who has knives on his hands. Knives, literal knives for hands. And the, I like how his friend even realizes he's kind of an ass. Like, yeah. He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, you're the worst, bro. You're the worst. Yeah. 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 Then we get like... We get more of the concern walk. So we have another flashback. He has no scars in the flashbacks. Yeah, no, I noticed that too. I think that's on purpose. Like he didn't he didn't do that until after He didn't Vincent, accidentally cut himself. Vincent all Price the time. doesn't have a name. He's just like this The inventor. 
Maybe he it's like he was younger or something. Like Yeah, or like he didn't was trying to do stuff as on his own and so Well, he's also clearly immortal, right? So he could have been up there for a really long time. Like he doesn't age. Winona Ryder gets super old. Right. And yeah, he's, no, he's immortal. We don't know how long he's been up there. Could have been five minutes, could have been ten years. Who knows? Yeah. So fucking Jim's drunk ass friend knocks over a bear and Edward saves Kevin from uh-huh. the car. This is around the time all of this is starting and he's walking around the streets and I'm like, oh, I feel like a car accident is coming. But I couldn't really remember. I knew something tragic was going to happen. So he he accidentally cuts him and everybody loses their mind mm-hmm. because everybody apparently forgot that accidents are a thing. And everybody forgot. Like everybody clearly saw that he just saved this kid. Whatever. I like how every cut in this movie there's like a big line of blood that they put on, and then immediately afterwards, somebody's like, "Oh, it was just a nick. Oh, it was just a tiny it was cut." Just a so nick. they can like He's just fine. like he cuts himself on the face, and she just basically wipes the blood, fake blood off his face, and like, no, it's not really anything. You're fine. You're it's fine. already coagulating. Yep. So yeah, Jim attacks him, and he gets cut on the arm, which is what fucking happens when you attack somebody that has scissors uh-huh. for hands. Uh-huh. Kim tells him, just run. She does this real, like, Kristen Stewart and Twilight weird face. They do, like, this weird close-up, awkward thing, and then she's like, just run, and he does. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really. He, he doesn't fast really. walks. <laughs> this is where he's going up to the mansion, right? So he goes up to the mansion. The cop does fake gunshots. The, well, they're he, real, fake, but they're he, into the air. He shoots into the... So the, what is... I, I This is what I really don't understand about the cop's behavior now. He's decided... The cop pulls up to the gate of this mansion. He shoots into the air. He's deciding to let him go, and he wants the community to think... To is go that home. what he's doing? Yes. That's my impression. But he just drives off. Right. Which he should know they're not gonna, that's not how whatever. these people are going to... Because they... He's an idiot. Are an angry mob, and angry mobs must be dispersed yeah. or satisfied, and he leaves them all together. He already told those bitches to go home, and now they've multiplied and uh-huh. rabble roused. Uh-huh. And he's like, I guess my work here is done, and he just <laughs> leaves. Yeah. For plot reasons, I guess. He shoots into the uh, whatever. Um, okay. So she fucking goes up and just like her mother, she fucking goes up into murder house. Yep. And then she snuggles herself right up in his arms. Mm hmm. Um, they have a little smoocheroo and she says, I love you, which like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Cause you, you don't know what love is. <laughs> you think you might be interested in the mysterious man who obviously likes you. I'm not really sure. Are you talking about Winona Ryder or Kim? Yeah. Okay. Fucking Kim. <laughs> so anyway, oh, fucking Jim shows up with a gun, which with is a gun. real escalation. Yeah. It and, is. but this is how it always worked in the 80s. Like, Bullies were like bullies, and then all of a sudden they had a deathly weapon, and they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always like a huge escalation in bully violence, uh-huh. like toward the end of these movies. She clocks him with that fucking poker or whatever, wood or whatever, and he kicks the shit out of her, does, which is yeah. not cool. And that gets him stabbed. It you done fucked up, Jim. Yep. He stabs him and sends him right through the window. Bye. Yeah. And then they find him. There's a long, intense looking goodbye kiss and she says i love you and i just wrote what the fuck him <laughs> so and then she finds why? hand proof so hand proof he's dead they killed each other here's the, here's, here's the hand she does a very unconvincing story <laughs> shows them hand proof and they're like okay i guess we'll go home then there's a whole dead teenager that they can see <laughs> they can see yep. a corpse of a yep. neighbor child. Yep. And they're like, I oh. don't know. I think I got I guess it's, my show's it's, it's on. Even. I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. But also, why couldn't she just at any point, again, have told the truth? Yeah. And this I mean, like all of this time, Jim was a dick. Jim came with a gun. He showed up to the house with a gun and shot also, at us. Also, the whole thing was Jim's fault all this time and blah, blah, right. blah. Like, right. she is pretty and blonde and everybody likes her. I think they would believe her. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Like so, she's like, "Oh no, we can never. Our tragic love can never be because I won't just. I won't tell anybody what actually happened." I'm using the jerk off motion. You can't see it. <laughs> it's not a visual medium, but jerk off to that. Yeah, and he makes into Kim is the old lady. She's finished the, the story. You could still go. I want him to remember me as I was. Like, okay, okay. 
He's just chill with his topiary. And this is another spurious claim. Before he came down here, it never snowed. <laughs> Ooh, strong words. <laughs> <laughs> if he were up there, it wouldn't snow. Is She's, this a type sculpture? It is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he's getting these massive ice blocks from somewhere, right? It's gotta be. There's gotta be a. This is 1990. There's a mail order form. <laughs> Can you order <laughs> giant ice sculptures Columbia on Amazon? House ice box. Oh, the, the one penny for your first 15 ice sculptures. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing. Peg is very sweet and very well-meaning. She goes up. She tries to rescue him. She brings him back, and then she says to the daughter. Maybe it would be better if he just fucked off because <laughs> he can't. Nobody can understand him, and maybe he'd be safer. And she's not wrong that he'd be safer, but you did this to him. Like you brought right. him here, right? And then Kim was like, "How about I let my boyfriend fuck with you, and then I act like I am in love with you on a whim <laughs> when you are clearly in love with me, and then I will also leave you. Bye. Thanks for killing my boyfriend for me. Well, bye." So, like, we talked about this movie as, like, an analogy for somebody on the spectrum or a disability. But here's where it also breaks down, because ultimately he's expelled from the community. And right, that's the end. Like, the end of this movie, I guess, is it supposed to be a happy ending? They found well, each other's love thing. for a minute, and then he's expelled from the community, and they just right. forget he existed. And I feel like one of the things I read, again, probably this was Tom Cruise with a lot of questions, is that he like wanted it to have a happier ending. I think it's supposed to be... I think it's supposed to be a little heartwarming or make you think. I mean, I don't know that we're right. playing it off as though it's happy. It's not happy. It's not happy. He is expelled from the community, but I think we're sort of meant to believe that everyone is back in their right place. Okay. But how is he... Okay, and yeah. the, there. I mean, he was wasn't he happier around people? He liked people. Yeah, he did. So I think everyone else is happier because they're afraid of the other. But like, that's not cool. It's been I like don't know. six. How old? She's got. It's been at least like sixty years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, that we've that he's 50 now years. Yeah. By himself, shaving ice with a fan, blowing it out to the town, and just that's every his... day is exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, that's an Inch Nail is... song, and there was definitely a time when Trent Reznor looks like that. So I just needed to throw that out okay. there for you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So where are we here? Uh, where I don't know. Where are you? So this. What I came down to was this movie is about 98% the visuals. Mm-hmm. And there's like 2% of sort of story in there. The visuals are great. The houses are great. The design of everything. like The topiary, the dogs, the haircuts. Yes. yes. It's so striking. And that's, you know, when I was thinking about what do I remember from this movie, it's that's all those visual things. And I didn't remember, like, what actually happened? What was the story? Uh, I, that's because like, it's not super well crafted? Yeah. I think so. And I think where I came down to is I don't think this is in my canon, which surprised me because I really felt like... It had some weight for me thinking about it as for like when I was a kid. Me too. And now watching it, I'm like, I I think if I showed this to my son, he'd be like, okay, I guess. Like he's, first of all, he's too young right now to get, and maybe he will never get the sort of whatever we're at, like 50s, 60s references for the houses and all that stuff. I don't know that he'll ever get that in the way that that was kind of, it'd be like if it were set in the 90s now, right? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. I I really don't think this is, I'm not going to go out of my way to show this to my son. I don't think it's in my canon. It's just like, okay, I don't know. But like now I want to go back. You talked about the music. I want to go back and listen to the music. It's in my head now that we're talking and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you that so much of it is visual. And for me, the music really played a part. And there are certain images in it that have really stayed with me, but I also wouldn't have thought of them if somebody did already didn't already bring up the movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge yeah. Tim Burton fan. I mean, I like a lot of his other stuff a lot. Right. Right. And we have done Nightmare Before Christmas and we just did Beetlejuice and those are were in both of our canons. We, just, did, I, we just rewatched Nightmare Before Christmas because my son yeah. said, I want to watch like, this. Like and like again. my yeah my girls love that and they love it and and we like I think they will like Beetlejuice for all the reasons that we talked about if they 
end up really liking other Tim Burton stuff, maybe I would show it to them. Like I never, I didn't, this was when I didn't know what I was going to say until we talked about it. Cause sometimes I come to a conclusion as yeah. we really talk it yeah, through. Yeah. And I think the more that I talk through my like disappointment and some of the character arcs and the kind of lackluster feelings at the end, I think maybe it doesn't go in mine either. Yeah. With the caveat of if my kids really like Tim Burton stuff or they end up really liking whatever, like I would give it a try, but I don't think I would force it. Yeah. Same. So I guess that means it's no. <laughs> like, yeah. Which I am very surprised about also because I really like thought that I would need it to be there. <laughs> Me too. Absolutely. I have the same place as you. I don't... Yeah. Like I'm kind of happy I rewatched it. I just don't know that it would have the same impact. And I'm not really sure what the message is. So I'm not really sure that's a message I want to like give, (laughs) you know, because I think being, you know, if it's about being different and being other and being misunderstood, I don't love how it ends up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, as someone who's always been a weirdo, even if she just ran away and was with him. Right. I don't know. Maybe that would feel different or whatever. At least he didn't die. I felt like the other way that could have gone was like him like sacrificing, which is not cute. Right. But being lonely forever isn't great either. So I don't know. Well, that was a surprise ending. Yeah. Because I will say, like, I wasn't mad I watched it and I had fun talking about it with you, but I just don't think it needs to be 100% part of the canon. So, right. okay. Well, that was yeah, interesting. So that was our first cozy season uh, one. If you listen to this and you're not sure where you come down on it, I'd be encouraged to see what other people think, if it goes in theirs or what they think after rewatching it. I would love to hear that so okay anybody whatever <laughs> thanks for listening thanks to joe costanza for writing our theme song if you want more nerdy goodness find us at all the places online and yeah tag us if you watch this and let us know what you think yeah we will see you in two weeks with scrooge and also in the meantime consider joining our patreon and uh patreon.com slash nerd and until next time keep the nerd alive <laughs>